Hi everyone, welcome to the fifth episode of In Retrospect. Between the 4th and 20th of this year, the Olympic Winter Games were hosted in Beijing, China. The fact that Olympic Games were hosted by a country with a flagrant human rights record, highlighted of course by its treatment of the Uyghur minority in the east of the country, led to many voices arguing it would be wise to move the Games to a different location. The IOC responded to these voices by stating that sports and politics should be separated and seized the event as a way for countries to overcome political differences and improve relations. A similar discourse is still taking place on the allocation of Qatar to host the FIFA World Cup at the end of this year. Qatar too has been accused of taking human rights with a grain of salt, and especially guest workers from South Asia building the stadiums um, have died by the dozens. Proponents of the allocation could however argue that work conditions have improved significantly in the years after the announcement of the Qatar as World Cup host. These examples raise some interesting moral and philosophical questions about the notion whether sports and politics should indeed be considered separate intertwined planets. It also raises questions about the way sports diplomacy could play a role in solving issues within or between states. However, I'm not going to answer these questions myself. The In Retrospect panel, consisting of Romek, Lucrezia and Julie today, will, however, they will provide their opinions on sports, politics, and the relation to the two. I'm your host, Tobias. Uh, today I will ask fellow Emirates members joining me right now. First we have Julian, then we have Romek here and also Lucrezia. We're gonna discuss a few questions regarding the topic of sports and politics uh, and dilemmas you might have and hopefully have a fruitful discussion. Um, so basically the first question I would like to ask you fellow members um, relates to athletes. Do you all think athletes have a moral obligation to boycott a sports event when, for example, held in a country where human rights are violated on a large scale? Um, I would say that I think that uh, people who perform sport at uh, such a professional level that they uh, perform in like Olympic or World Championship events, that they should not, but um, should have to, they should not have to be political, but they should also be able to be political. For example, when you look at um, uh, the American football players who were kneeling in a protest uh, to what was happening with the black community in the US, I thought it was their right. And if they felt like uh, they should be protesting, this is an appropriate form to be protesting. Um, but I do not think that it is per se necessary for them to be protesting at all times given all affairs because let's say there are 7 billion people on the resort there will probably be 7 billion different people with different opinions um, so there will always be somebody protesting if we say everybody should be protesting what they think will be morally wrong and there's something wrong with that though like I think if you look at the history of sports, you know, like many people who were not allowed to protest before or were, you know, reprimanded because of protesting 
people like Jesse Owens, I don't know if you guys know, the guy who raised the fists in the um, 1936 German Olympics, you know, stuff like, stuff like that. Like, if we don't allow athletes to protest, then I don't think, you know, sports has been political since the past 100 years. And as much as people don't want to admit it, it has been, you know, like I, I can think of so many ways the sport has been political, especially the Olympics. So I don't think like athletes have the right uh, to protest, but things like that's not given in China, which is also like another thing, right? Um, so yes, I think they should uh, perhaps if they can still go if they want to, like Dromex says, they can still go if they want to, but the fact that they don't have the right to protest in China and many of the fellow uh, sportsmen come from countries that have been oppressed by China may raise the question of like, hey, is this this kind of screwed up, no? <laughs> like maybe my fellow sports people, you know, sportsmanship, if, it's, if sportsmanship is a thing, Maybe they should stand up for their fellow sportsmen, <laughs> in, my, in my opinion. Uh, I, in part, I agree with both Julian and Romek. I think athletes uh, should, or at least they should have the right to do it. But I don't think that they need to, because I feel like now uh, athletes have a lot of fan, like a very big fan base and every time they don't speak on events then they get criticized so they're a bit pressured too and I think that sometimes can cause a bit of uh, like a way of like following the mass because you have such a big fan base then you have to talk about it so I think it should be nice if people if athletes weren't pressured to but would only talk out when they feel yeah i think that's true like because i don't know like if you guys follow like with john cena and stuff like that when he was like he said someone was a different country and then all his chinese fans were like no you cannot say that you know people who are celebrities can i think like should be at the end of the day they're working that's how they make money you know so like <laughs> If we don't hold certain companies accountable, why should we hold individuals that are in the small scale of things not important for m much of our of politics? You know, so it's it's true what you say. Yeah, and then sometimes maybe they don't even know a lot about the situation, and it can be misinterpreted. So I think it should really come from you as a person rather than to please the public and and be considered like a good person. Because sometimes we tend to view athletes as celebrities rather than as athletes. And it can be uh, misinterpreted, I think. But um, to be sure, none of you call for a boycott by athletes. Uh, no. No. Okay. No. But by government, though. I think a boycott would imply that um, athletes would have an obligation to do something. Because if one boycotts something, then all have to do it, and therefore they would have to form sort of a united front. And given that we earlier said that some athletes are not able to protest certain uh, ideals or things because they're from a certain country where such political opinions are not allowed, um, this would uh, put us in a situation where we say if our athletes do have to. Um, embargo something um, then we would sort of create a 
mostly Western moral obligation for athletes to perform their Western moral obligation. And I do not think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I think, like, personally, they still have the flag of the country, you know? So, like, um, by supporting something, whatever the individual does, of course, it's not up to them, but the actions of many individuals reflect poorly on the flag or the country they represent. Um, so the issue is then a political issue in the sense of, like, the governments then should have the final say if at the day, end of the day these people are representing them you know so then that's that's perhaps like the problem or the paradox i think of this issue whereas you have like individuals that are have not, nothing to do with whatever is happening in china you know like boycotting or not won't change that and governments that by allowing an event in china you know uh, that boosts the popul chinese popularity and chinese pop uh, soft culture they're low-key also enabling certain stuff that has happened, you know, in the in the background of of the country politically. So that's where I have an issue with it, with it, if it makes sense. Any comments from one of you on what Julian said? I um I think the the issue starts there. It's when there's some sports where it's just individual, but then as soon as it becomes under flag, then your opinions are very, it's very hard to have a, an opinion different from the flag you're representing. So that's why I think that during Olympics and, and other uh, like global events, it's very hard to voice your own opinion without getting into political issues rather than when you're, when it's just, uh, when you're just yourself. Okay. But we should also have to consider that athletes are not there to boost nationalism or represent their country per se. I think most, most professional athletes um, do what they do because they want to be the best at what they do, not per se because they want to bring victory for their homeland. So um, I get what you're saying that it is very hard um, for us and the nations and the athletes to separate politics from sport but at the same time um, I think that, that doesn't mean that we should not have to try to separate it just because they're not there to represent politics but just to do what they do best. Yeah of course and I think as a person or when you start as a, at a young age to sports and then you become an athlete you don't start with the political intent it just as soon as you grow and as soon as you have more representation abroad and stuff you they kind of like come part of your life but that's not what you train for in the first place so i think it's very it's very hard to even you as an individual when you grow up to know like what are your stance what you should do what you shouldn't do and i yeah i think it's uh it's also very hard to actually know what to do in a situation like that Okay, 
so I think we kind of reached consensus that there's not really obligation for, if I, if I understand you all correctly, there's not really obligation for individual athletes, but there is a kind of obligation by countries as a whole to at least yeah, carry out some form of protest. Yep. Okay. In that case, I have a follow-up question for all of you. Um, of course, some voices have been raised at, for example, the Olympics in China or the uh, World Cup in Qatar in the end of this year uh, should be uh, cancelled or like, uh, moved to another country because, because the country is, let's word, use the word naughty. They're too naughty to <laughs> basically host a sporting event. But basically no country on earth is completely clean. So where would you draw the line, if there is a line, to when a country should be able to host a big sports event and when not? I think recent political developments have kind of answered this question for you. Because despite the uh, continuous um, like exp exposing of the problems in both these countries, by Western media mostly, um, these uh, events will still be held in those places. But where Russia tried to invade Ukraine, we very uh, quickly and very clearly saw that a lot on a lot of different sports, uh, Russians were, were being deferred from participating. Um, so I would say, uh, no matter what my opinion is, I think this is where the line is drawn. I think the biggest difference between what is happening, what has happened in China, what will happen in Qatar and what is happening right now in Russia is that what is happening right now in Russia is something international. Where like the main problem with China was the weaker problem, the main problem with Qatar was the uh, horrible work conditions and uh, which are both mostly internal problems except for the part where there were international workers in Qatar, but um, Russia invaded another country. There is, no, there is no doubt about that, except for maybe for some Russians. Um, uh, and it's very easy for people to then follow like sanctions and condemnations by politicians to say, we're not going to be affiliated with these people anymore. Um, but at the same time, I'm thinking like, it's good that we're trying to, um, you know, condemn what is happening, but at the same time we're ostracizing a lot of Russian people and athletes, um, too, who have had nothing to do with the invasion. And as long as I think they are not um, publicly announcing that they are for what is happening right now in Ukraine, there is no real reason for them to be excluded from these events because they personally have had nothing to do with it. Alright, um, one quick comment. Um, this question is mostly about like hosting an event. So basically, is there like um, a line that can be crossed uh, to which point like a country shouldn't be, shouldn't be hosting an event anymore because it wouldn't be morally right, according to um, your opinion, basically. Um, and basically, if I understand correctly, what you're saying is that the boundary should be if, um, like, human rights violations or, or, or like, violations in general, 
if they go outside of the borders of a country, then they're not able to host an event anymore. But I'm no. saying... Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was a follow-up question, so it was meant for me. Oh, well, you, you can both jump in. Maybe first Romac, then Julian? Well, what I said was, uh, is that I think, um, apart from the uh, players that I, or the athletes that I talked about, you also saw um, certain events being cancelled, like a World Cup match in St. Petersburg, I think, and um, the F1 race in Sochi, which have both been cancelled, so it's not just the sporters that have been ostracized in that way. Um, but I, what I was saying is that I, I personally do not think that this is the right line, but the, right, the line that has been uh, defined by the international community is um, an international conflict. Because both other affairs that we're talking about, like hosting a sports event, um, they, are continu they have continued or they are going to continue as far as we know. Um, but people have drawn the line with like international conflict. Okay, fair point. Um, Julian. But thing is like, to draw the line with international conflict is a really low line or a really low bar, if I'm honest. If that's like the worst a country can do, I mean, we, why, why won't we have the FIFA World Cup in North Korea, you know, and have some internal, you know, like people in internment camps build the stadiums for, for us to watch, you know, like it's not, I don't think, that's something or that is morally uh you know <laughs> uh acceptable at least personally um and when it comes to qatar it's a country that literally built the stadium with slave labor from of of indians you know so it's kind of, kind of like um it this is something that's directly linked uh with the sport and it's directly directly linked with the athletes like would you like to play football in a stadium that was built by sl by people who were pretty much slaves you know like it's not it's it's not ideal per se you know like so i would probably draw the uh, you know draw the line there rather than at only conflict um, because unlike beijing of of course uh, of course there was this issue going with the uyghurs uh, the uyghur genocide uh, you know like that, that was going on but that in itself didn't have much to do with the building and with the uh, planning of the event per se. Uh, but with Qatar, the country's actions have a really real effect on the sport and a real real effect on the infrastructure for the sport and they're really connected. So I think that's, way you, that's where I would draw the line personally. Uh, <laughs> I think that by like in the way you answer that question is if you want to mix politics and sports or if you want to take them apart because if you start um like if you start speaking about human rights violation then it becomes a political issue rather than if you focus only on the sport and are on the like welcoming other country to a sport event then what happened in Qatar, like my question is how did this happen, like when did they figure that out, how did it go, like how did it went to this point without all the mm, community or everyone not having any clue, so like I think my question or my like issue with this situation is where was everyone like, did everyone knew what was going on and no one said anything until now? And so it became a political issue. 
So we're like all the other country involved. So it's like, I don't know, I'm a, I think I don't really have like one clear uh, perspective on it. Um, of course, I'm against any human right violation. So in this case, I don't think it would be a good idea to continue the project. But then I'm like, okay, how, how do you get to this level without no intervention from any international uh, community? Okay, that's a good question indeed. Um, any of you want to comment on that? I just think, uh, just like there's no intervention with like H&M using like, you know, like uh, Uyghur cotton and stuff like that. This is an intervention with many stuff related to business. Uh, there really won't be any intervention with stuff like this because what can we do? You know, like at the end of the day, Qatar is doing what it's doing. China is doing what it's doing. It's not that the U.S. or Western powers can use, you know, invade them with with other countries over it. So it's kind of like, what can we do about it? And we do, we can, we still want to have like a connected world that interacts with one another. Yeah, so the, the the West cannot do much. Otherwise, where can you host this event other than the West? Like, if all the countries in the world have, like, some skeletons in the closet, where will you be hosting the World Cup? It will be always in Germany, always in France, you know, <laughs> always in the US or something like that. So it's not going to be ideal, per se. Yeah, and, and like, I agree on that, that if... Like... <laughs> I agree that we should host in like everywhere worldwide, but then in situation like that, that it's like human rights violation. Like it's not. I think there's different degrees, but this it's like, like if you don't intervene there, then when are you supposed to intervene? Um, but I, I also f like I don't know how it works. Like how do you choose a country that they host? Uh, but I think there's a committee or some regulations that you have to follow up with. And if you violate one of those, then you should give the possibility to another country that it's not Germany, France, and European well, that's countries. that's a fair point. It's kind of like when allocating um, the event, you kind of like a, to have a procedure or like certain requirements in regards to, the, to, yeah, to those measures. Yeah, and I think that to actually have uh, the events in Qatar or in Beijing, it's it's wonderful. Like I, I like having the sports uh, committee getting bigger every time and like giving the opportunity to other countries to host. It's very interesting and it's it has so many potential, but it should be at least in some way regulated. I think. I think then a question will become what do we regulate on because um, like I said before I think um, there are certain moral standards across the world we have more Western moral values with Eastern moral values there's I don't know if there's anything that unites Africa on a moral front but most likely it will divert from what we have here um, so then the question will be how would we make something that is internationally considered to be morally right or wrong that we could adhere to in order to make sure that nobody violates those. Yeah, and, and I think the sport committee or should work on that rather than being like, oh, you can host it and then in the middle of it like, oh no, because we found out this is going on. Like if you, 
if they work on creating, I don't know how, but like on creating a regulation that could work globally, then it would be very interesting to see how every country would adhere and like how they could uh, develop something that would work. So basically, uh, yeah, before we were mostly talking about um, like extreme human rights violations. Yes. But for, I can give an example. Um, a few years ago, the World Cup was held in Russia, and Russia was not that much of a pariah as it is now. Well, they annexed Crimea, but like the main criticisms about the World Cup were, for example, Russia's record on press freedom or on political freedom or on, uh, for example, LGBT rights. Um, those kind of human rights violations. Are there, yeah, to your European, are those also a reason, for example, to um, yeah, remove someone as a host or at least protest against them hosting a sport event? I think in an ideal world, we would live in a world where there is peace, uh, there is no world hunger, everybody abides by these laws, and there is some sort of um, overarching governing agency that will regulate all these things in order to make sure that all countries um, stay in check. Uh, but we do not live in this world. And as long as we do not live in this world, it is really hard to create a global society where all of these um, things that you just mentioned, LGBT rights, uh, political freedom, um, the right to vote democratically for um, the one who is governing the country. I think it's really hard to say um, uh, that these uh, kind of rights um, should be a determining factor because there are about 27 countries who have these rights, um, I think overall. And if we would say these are mostly Western nations, then you could argue, are these Western morals? Are these Western rights? Because if they are, will they ever reach the rest of the world? Is there any, are there any of those rights that you just mentioned which are universal? Or are we just being too morally blindfolded by what we think is right and wrong? So if, I, I would say, if you want to answer the question, should we be able to hold, uh, should we be able to hold um, these kind of sport events in nations that do not have these rights without critiquing them? Um, what, what should we do? What, 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 how should we look at it? Should we look at it through a universal lens that does not have these rights? Or should we wait for them to get these rights, which is very unlikely because we're living in an era where a lot more nations are somewhat gaining these rights, but also they are failing. Okay, fair point. Um, any of the other... Um, any of the others one, do you, you want to call comment on Romex remarks? Uh, I think what... Uh, I agree with Romex on the aspect that like, even if you take the 27 countries that Romex was talking about, even in those countries, it's they're not fully obeying to every single right or what we consider what should be right. So it's really hard 
to critique other countries for having maybe a different approach to it and different values and norms. And like, how can we sit here and say, oh, you're doing wrong when we're not even living in that country? And so that it, I think it's a bit, it could be considered a bit hypocritical to say, oh, they're doing it wrong. Yeah, I mean, like, I think with in holding events, of course, go ahead, hold the events. Uh, you know, uh, the reality is the vast majority of the countries in the world um, are in a spectrum within politics. They're authoritarian or um, between authoritarianism and, demo and, and democracy. That's the vast majority of countries in the world. And we, if we're going to claim to hold a world event, you know, like to exclude these countries, I think would be hypocritical to say that at least that said <laughs> that said you know these countries have also agreed even the west you know like have also has, has also agreed on basic human rights you know and that's again what i'm trying to say of like there has to be a benchmark we agree i agree there's different values and there's different norms but there's have to be a benchmark for it again you know like so Yes, you can hold it, but we're free to criticize anything that it goes against that benchmark. And I think that benchmark has been agreed since the 1900s. So, like, it's not, um, at least personally, I think it's straightforward in the sense that, yes, have it. You have all the media attention in the world, but we will also be able to criticize you for having it. And I think that's important because that's an institution that if we get rid of, it won't make countries or make countries accountable for their actions, in my opinion, at least. I mean, I would argue that um, if we all agree that there are certain values that are geopolitical and those are not universal, I would say it has no point in um, critiquing other nations on not following those, even though it is our moral standard. Because either we ex expect them to uh, adhold to, to these morals and values which are ours and not theirs or we're just um, complaining um, without ever getting results and who is really helping that if I were to be a successful athlete and I would be um, like I don't know going to an event in Saudi Arabia and I would be saying something about press freedom if we were really to say you know, the cult, I don't know the specifics, but if it were so that in Saudi Arabia press freedom is something that is really complicated, the morals and values are different from ours, and this will likely never change because of geopolitical reasons, then I can either say something and expect them to, to, hear, to adhere to my morals and values, which are not theirs, um, or I'm just complaining without ever getting result, and who is really helping that? Basically, we did get results before, you know, like this precedent of this. I don't know if you guys knew South Africa was an apartheid state uh, once, you know. And if we went with Romex perspective right now, of let's not criticize it because it doesn't give results. You know, I think a lot of the pressure that was exerted on South Africa was through the Olympics. They were banned in 1964 um, because of apartheid and they were banned from a series of 
um, international events because of apartheid. And if you were to ask most people in South Africa, most people around the world, was that a good thing? They can all agree, <laughs> unless anyone wants to bring us, as, you know, it's just like apartheid back just because it's different culture norms or different values. You know, we need to as well differentiate between values and what the political elite in some countries see as the right or their abuse of power. And that's a different, there's a big difference between that. You know, with the Qatar or Saudi Arabia thing, no one is saying that freedom of, of speech or freedom of the press is a value that doesn't exist in Saudi Arabia. It does. Uh, the issue is that the administration in Saudi, in Saudi Arabia and the power people in power in Saudi Arabia don't want it because they want to stay in power. That's not the value. That's just uh, playing out tyranny, you know, and that's that's the big difference between that, you know, in my opinion, at least. <laughs> Any comments on that? Just to be clear for our listeners, I do not support apartheid. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Racial segregation in any circumstance is justified or good or beneficial for anybody. Uh, but I would also argue that I think you know the whole Uyghur situation where they're trying to either through eugenics or genocide or um, conversion, any means possible, to make those Uyghurs adapt to hunt Chinese culture and life. Um, how is this not the same um, discrimination as apartheid? How, how can we say that it was justified to ban uh, South Africa then, but were we not able or willing or in any other form incapable of um, banning China? Okay, that's a hard take. Any comments on that? I think it's quite straightforward why we don't ban Ch China and we like uh, ban South Africa back then. I mean, first of all, the scale of apartheid in South African society was significantly bigger than the scale of the Uyghur genocide in China. Uh, secondly, you know, South Africa was in, in that time uh, at least self-prescribed a diplomatic or no, a, a democracy. You know, at that point they claimed to be or they claimed to be a democracy when, when they weren't. And secondly, I mean, I do think the West back then um, had way more of a prescriptionist approach, which resulted in the expansion of human rights we've, we've seen um, right after the World War II. So, like, I, I, don't, I do think, like, if today uh, China, uh, no, if China of today was transported to the past, the Olympics and, and other, the Olympics would have been cancelled. It's just a matter of like the West prioritizing the uh, revenue or the prestige of the events over the moral issue undergoing in China, in my opinion at least. Uh, but then again, the individuals don't have anything to do with it and it's not intrinsically linked uh, with the Olympics. Whereas with uh, South Africa, I'm pretty sure like they were segregated to a point that even the teams cannot even shower together during this, even though they were part of the same team, you know, it, it's ridiculous.
also argue that even if a country has their problems regarding human, human rights or something else, maybe the sport event could help improve that. Would you all agree or disagree with that statement? Uh, I agree. I think there's uh, different examples of that and I think uh, when sport and politics work together it can actually help raise awareness and help uh, also uh, shed a light on minorities. So I think if we look at some positive uh, events, it did help. Um, but it can also be very hard to find like a situation where it actually made a difference. But I think it, it can happen and it does happen. Yeah, I think it's really helpful actually. I think sporting events bring, do bring attention to countries, you know, like now everybody's aware what's happening in China. Now every, everybody knows about the Uyghur genocide, um, you know, I think or way, way more than before. So stuff, stuff like that does have an impact either for the better or for the worst. And I think it, it, it can be transformative to be open to the rest of the world. Um, especially as well, like for most countries, I mean, any country that has a big sporting event, like Brazil, for instance, um, got a lot of media re regarding the the working facilities as well, during the World Cup and during the Rio Olympics. So I don't think it's good for social change only, but only if um, the administration of these countries actually listens to the criticism. And if it's constructive criticism as well, because some people just want to, as well, tear down a country for just being poor sometimes, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I don't think it's, it can be overwhelmingly helpful, like um, Lucrezia said. I think it really depends on the country, um, the time, the type of government that country has and the type of um, atrocities that are happening. Because I feel like there are situations where no matter how much light we shed on it or no matter how big the event is or under how much scrutiny that country becomes, there are still those countries and those situations where no matter what we do or what other nations do um, would change that situation. Like we talked about before South Africa where um, um, you know, banning them from the Olympic events um, uh, as a direct result of apartheid. It might have helped, it might have shed some light on the situation, but uh, eventually I do not think that this really helped overcome this problem. Did that, did that this had more to do with um, internal um, criteria or eternal what's the word values maybe internal conditions thank you and that eventually every single country for itself has to decide this and this is a um, decision to be made between the government the people and all other internal actors and no matter what we do, we, we can do our best to shed light on this because um, the truth must be known always about everything. That is my opinion. And um, if this helps in any form 
to resolve some of these issues, great. But eventually, I do not think it will help as much as we think or as much as we hope it would. Alright, uh, with this we will wrap up today's discussion on sports and politics. As your host, Tobias, I thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And as always, we are very interested in your take on the subject too. So please let us know via our Instagram, at Radiate Radio, or email us at Radiate Radio at, b- at and let us know your take. And of course, see you all soon for the next episode.